Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Miss Jolene Guiarte of Whiskey Tango Fitness coming to you from Tracy, California. Jolene, what is going on? How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing very, very well. I'm excited to pick your brain and, and figure out what what really got you here with Whiskey Tango Fitness. There's been a couple of different iterations of this mm-hmm. over the years. And so take us into your time machine way back when this all started what went through your mind that said i want to start a fitness business and eventually open up a gym what started it was um, my own personal um situation struggles through fitness um, for myself having children and working past um all of the obstacles that come with that and just kind of finding myself again is what motivated me to um to get into this industry as far as the science behind everything, obviously working for my own goals. And then once that happened, then people started asking me questions and different things. And then basically I started helping, you know, a handful of people. And then I realized that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And um, being able to see the, um, the impact that it has on on people was just the motivation um, behind actually building a brand and a name um, because ultimately just helping people with what I struggled with personally was was all I all I needed um, that was just it was inevitable like I it just kind of found me I guess through my own struggle Typically, business owners create businesses that they themselves wished existed, right? We make it for people like us. And it sounds like that couldn't be more true than in this case here. And so you, over the years, have really built this business and recently just moved into a new facility. Tell us a little bit about that and what went into that decision. Um, so as far as the process of getting there or just um, where I'm at right now? Yeah. I mean, tell us about the facility and why you wanted to move into something bigger. Um, Something bigger was because it was necessary. Um, We Hmm. had outgrown um, sharing a space that we were in prior. And the only way to connect with more clients was to be able to give us a larger home. So uh, ultimately it was, there was not really any question. (laughs) We had to find a larger space and that was a blessing to need that, especially after the last two years. Good problems to have, certainly. And so here you are currently in 7,500 square feet. Walk us through kind of what that looks like from a membership standpoint. How many people do you serve? Um, On a daily basis, I would say class sizes vary. The bulk of our clients are enrolled in our group training programs. So we run those four hours per day. Um, mainly early mornings and then 1 p.m. class right now. Um, But we would probably, I would say I probably service 80 to 90 people per day um, on an average day. But this is very. (laughs) Yeah. And you you said a couple of different, I mean, people mainly in group classes, but there's other services that you layer on top of this, correct? Tell us, I mean, fill us in on 
that sort of tiered model that you guys operate on? Yes. So um, we offer the group training classes and then we also offer personal training um, and personal training would be service with myself where I have two coaches um, that also help me here. And we also have like a meal prep service that we partnered with somebody um, over the last three years. We run like a nutrition challenge monthly. I still do offer like online training as well as we just recently opened up like a limited open gym membership um, mm -hmm. or like a lunch hour. So um, that would be um, members that are interested in just coming in to utilize the facility, but not to be working in classes or like with a private, you know, in a private setting with a trainer. Yeah. And so a lot of different offerings that really meets people where they are, right? Depending on what they're looking for, what they need in order to reach whatever their goals are. Right? Yeah. We've got all of these different pairings to make sense. Talk to us about the marketing that goes into this, Jolene. You tell you said that we grew, we outgrew the last location we were in. And so I assume you guys are regularly signing up people. What sort of marketing goes into growing your membership base? So full disclosure, our memberships have grown to what they are solely by referrals. Um, we do, you know, Instagram and Facebook, um, but to be honest with you, it might sound wild. I'm sure you connect with a lot of different business owners, but we don't do a ton of like real advertising marketing. Um, we have grown to what we are based upon our community and referrals. So, which uh, for myself, I believe is the, the best source of, um, of business is happy customers. Yep. And our retention is amazing. Our retention is like 98%. I've had a lot of clients for multiple, multiple years. So, yep. um, but we do use, utilize um, like Instagram and Facebook, um, hmm. things like that. Where we take part in like community events, um, you know, pop-up events and different things like that, interacting with the community, taking hands. Yeah, it's funny because we use that term marketing, but it's more of a toolkit as opposed to a singular tool. And there's a lot of different ways that we can get leads into the business, right? You mentioned referrals, word of mouth being a huge mainstay for you guys. Pair that with social media, Facebook, Instagram, as well as simply just kind of pounding the pavement, getting out and being in front of people. Yeah. I want to dig into the, the social media side a little bit, because I think that's a really huge component of the the industry that gets misunderstood or misused at times and, and unnecessarily causes people money spent and, and not necessarily money gained. Have you guys used that organically or have you ventured into the paid side and, and utilized the advertising? Yeah, we're a hundred percent organic. Sure. Uh, yeah. So nothing, um, Honestly, that is like what we've been doing the last month is trying to figure out. Um, we just ordered some new new things to put within the community to get the name out there. Because to be honest with you, we've grown tremendously, but there's such a huge market that we haven't tapped into. Um, and although we are still like in a small, you know, like around 100,000 people in our, our city, um, we still have not tapped into 
the potential. So we're trying to expand that within reason of what um, what the business is able to do as well. Yeah. Well, you could fit a lot of people in 7,500 square feet too. So yeah. that helps. Um, and so is have you considered adding in anything else? I mean, you mentioned getting out into the community and, and really building brand awareness. What do you think is going to be the, the best use of your time and dollars when it comes to growing this business going forward? So we are opening up, um, diving into um, online training again. So opening that back up, I have been so fixated on, you know, building within our community here and um, growing the current classes that we have, as well as, you know, time management of offering personal training, not stretching myself too thin, but I'm fortunate enough now to have a good team um, that's able to take personal training clients as well. So I'm looking to, um, tap back into where we all be, where we began um, with online training, because there's a large, a large community that still has desire for that. And there's a demand, but I just, um, with the business, the growth in our current like facility in person, I haven't had any time for that. So um, that's, Interesting. A, yeah, that's a huge market that I'm excited to be able to get back into. Um, and now with my schedule, being um, somewhat a lot more calm than it was for like the last eight months. Um, I'm excited to be able to expand and, um, and start working with people remotely again as well. Yeah, and, and typically calm for a gym owner is 80 hours a week instead of 120 hours a week. And so Jolene, for you, it's, I mean, we, we get for the most part in our industry kind of two categories, right? It's either we don't have enough people and we're dealing with those problems or we're growing faster than we like and we don't have the systems and we're dealing with those problems. You sound like you're a little bit more in the second category. And so what will help you when it comes to building this business? Is it hiring? Is it building out more regular system automation type things? What's, what's going to be kind of what allows you to grow beyond where you are now? I think it does come back to some of the electronic things, automation, and as well as hiring um, or finding somebody to help with like the ad, like advertising, marketing, um, you know, expanding within the community to reach people that I can't reach if I'm not talking to them when I'm in a grocery store or they don't just walk into my building or aren't referred. So just getting the name out there. So I think tapping into the professionals that um, really that's all they do is they know all of that because I've learned as much as I can along the way to continue to grow. But at the same time, um, I definitely know that um, having the professionals do those jobs would be tremendously helpful. However, they are expensive. So um, it's just been one of those things like what can I do right now and what is Priority number one, two, three. <laughs> yep. So yeah. that's, that's tremendously insightful. And I think we as gym owners typically struggle with that sort of ego hit that we don't know everything that we need to know in order to grow the business. And, and I think it's important to recognize, hey, these are where my strengths are. Yeah. I'm not as good at these things, right? Paint us a picture of the future. Jolene, we're moving forward as a business. 
what is the vision that you guys are striving towards? What is the kind of end goal that you'd like to see accomplished? So I don't believe I ever will have an end goal. I feel like I'm always thinking of the next thing. Um, my next goal is within four years from now to be able to purchase a facility um, and not be leasing anymore. So that's a goal of mine is to be able to purchase my own building um, and potentially, um, you know, have like a really large outdoor training facility geared towards like training for Spartans and um, different, you know, different things that require a lot of outdoor training. So having that kind of a space and not necessarily being in um, kind of boxed in. I see the business kind of being on the outskirts of where we are and being able to offer a, a, a larger, even larger space than what we're in right now and kind of have two options, having like an open gym side and a training class side um, with um, a large focus on outdoor as well. Yeah. You being in California have the luxury of focusing on the outdoor. I don't think that's as much the case here where I am in New York, but it sounds like you have a really clear picture of what you see this business looking like. And maybe there's not a specific end goal, but it's a, a direction, right? We know which way we're headed, right? Yeah. Jolene, we, I mean, you and I, you and I could could chat about the industry and the business side of things for hours and hours. But as we kind of start to, to wrap things up a little bit and bring this episode to an end, I want to ask one final question now that you have seen the industry from the ownership side that you've been in. Mm -hmm. If you were to take yourself back and, and talk to past Jolene, right, as she was about to open up the first facility, what would be the best advice that you could give that version of yourself that would also be helpful to our listeners here who may be opening facilities at some point? Well, that's a, that could be a very long answer. Um, the best advice I would give someone is if you know that you can't imagine doing anything else, you have to continue. You have to keep going. You have to push through going to get a lot harder before it gets easier and if you know in your heart that that's what you want to do then you have to be willing to um essentially what i always quote gary v always says you have to eat shit for a while um that would be unfortunately terminology because what it's taken you know along the years there was a whole lot of hard times and there's still hard times now but you have to be able to push through um, because it's going to get hard before it gets easier. And um, they very um, detailed in writing. Um, I'm really big on writing, whether it's going to be on your computer or handwriting. I write everything in notebooks and I've had notebooks every year. Um, but I set monthly and yearly goals for myself. Um, and it's also really good for reflection of seeing how far you've come um, and giving yourself grace on certain things. Um, and let's see, just stay, stay focused. I feel like in the beginning, 
I was, you know, they say, find your niche in the beginning. That's what I remember everyone telling me um, with marketing and all of that. Do everything with passion. What you love, just do it all. Do it, do as much as you can. Stay focused and detailed, but don't give up. Love that. Jolene, you're wise beyond your years. I really appreciate your insight and and kind of the sneak peek into how you run this business. I think it's tremendously valuable to have this conversation more often. What do we do? How do we do it? How can we improve it? It, it only serves for improvement. And, And I think I really thank you for your time. I'm excited to see what the future of this business holds for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I wish you nothing but the best. Everyone who tuned in today, I thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description and fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with Jeff from Fitness Innovations in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. What's up, Jeff? How are you today? Hi. Hello, everyone. All righty. So let's just jump right into the details here. You've been in the industry for quite a while now. So tell us a little bit about what it is originally that made you want to get started and open your own facility. Well, that's, I don't know how far you want to go back, but uh, I started working out when I was 12. So, um, and after a couple of years of doing that, I was around 15. I said, I'd like to make a living teaching people how to eat right and exercise. And it was in the seventies and people said, that's crazy. No one will ever pay money for that. So it was uh, kind of a a long shot dream as a young man. And I just hung in there as well as other people. You know, we built this industry over time. A lot of us that believed into it and made it into the what what people see now. I talk to people and they're like, wasn't there always personal training? I'm like, no, not always. (laughs) So anyway, um, yeah. And so over time, I I was doing, uh, you know, some home training and um, I enjoyed it. But I also found like a lot of trainers. I didn't really love business that much when I started out. I just wanted to train people. And um, then at one point I got an opportunity to work at uh, Bally's and they didn't have personal training at the time. This was back in the probably later, like 88. Um, And so basically they said, well, you can do membership sales. I thought, well, at least I'm in the business I want to be in. So I started to do membership sales. And so that taught me some things about business. And then eventually around 1991, they got personal training and, um, I started doing that and I succeeded more than a lot of the trainers because that point I had learned how to market, how to sell. And uh, that was the thing I noticed a lot of trainers were good teachers, but they didn't necessarily understand the business side of it. And uh, it was at Valley's for a while. And then I 
got to the point where I just decided I could be more successful if I could get out on my own. And uh, so I started Fitness Innovations in 1991. Um, so Bally's and that overlapped for a little while. I had some clients that were exclusive at Bally's and then some just with uh, through my company. And then in 96, we opened the facility that we currently have and um, went from there. I mean, we've been we've been here since uh, 96 and done a lot of different things uh, from that time on. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, it was something that you knew that you wanted to do from the start. Uh, and you you made it happen over the years. And, you know, you say that the business side of things wasn't something that you really enjoyed. You wanted to just train people and help them eat better and live healthier lives. And I think that that's something that really gets overlooked in the fitness industry, because a lot of trainers, they start training people and then they're like, I can do this. I can run my own business. I, I can open a facility, but it's never even really thought of as a business. It's more so just thought of like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to do it myself and I'm going to just continue training people. And then you realize once you open the business that it is a business and you have to pay attention to details that you never even thought of before. And then you end up kind of learning as you go rather than being prepared. So it's good that you had some experience beforehand anyway, as, as far as marketing goes and sales, those are two main drivers of your business there. So having that experience prior, I'm sure helped you when you did actually open that facility yourself. Yes. And, and, and I did uh, manage the program at Bally's for a period of time too. So that gave me a little bit of the business aspect. Now, of course, I didn't have the overhead and all the other things because that was taken care of by the facility, but I did have to make my program work. So I had a little bit of that management aspect of it as well. And, you know, what you're saying is an important thing. A lot of people don't realize that if they're good at doing something, they think that, well, I'll, I'll start a business mm -hmm. and why am I making money for this other guy or this other gal? Yeah. I can be doing this for myself. But what they don't realize is when you open a business, you take on two other roles, which is you have to manage the business and you also have to have the vision, be the entrepreneur and, and, and look at the trends and look at where things are going. And uh, so if you're, if you're, um, if that's something you're good at, you end up having three jobs. So, you, yes. you know, so it's something that you have to kind of look at and say, Oh, no, wait a minute. I have um, I have to train people. I have to manage the business and then I have to figure out where it's going and what the direction is. And so those those if you're good at it, you end up working a lot of hours. And if you're not good at it, you end up going out of business, you know, unless you right. can find somebody else to hire, you know. Absolutely. So yeah. I mean, are, go, go ahead. ahead. That's fine. I was going to say those are challenges that a lot of people don't look at. I think just as you were mentioning that you that people don't realize it's it's a real business. Just because you like to train people doesn't mean it's all going to work out. You have to understand that there's a business side to it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You say uh, you're taking on three jobs. That's like minimum. You know, like well, there might uh, be four. There might be other jobs. You might you might be might be might be the janitor. You might yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Definitely the janitor. Um, the uh, person who posts on social media, the right, person who true. markets, <laughs> um, the person that, you know, pays attention to your numbers, the person that, like you said, is responsible for predicting what's coming and then putting certain systems in place if X, Y, or Z happens. I think that is really one of the hardest things within the business is being prepared for whatever comes your way. That can certainly be 
hard to do. Um, but I mean, that comes with experience and that's just something you, you got to kind of go through the growing pains along the way to figure it out. Um, Sometimes so, it's, the, it's the trial by fire. You know, I mean, I, we had talked earlier about, you know, the 08 crash and when, you know, my, my business was straight up until 08, you know, and it was everything we did worked. It was great. And then the 08 crash happened and the, the consumers changed. People started looking for, you know, personal training used to be like kind of the thing everybody wanted to do. And mm-hmm. then when the market crash happened, a lot of people were like, well, maybe I could do something cheaper. And then a lot yeah. of group stuff happened and a lot of, you know, and then personal training wasn't quite as much uh, the main thing as people saying, well, you know, maybe I'd like to do a group thing because it's 10 bucks a class versus, you know, spending more money. And uh, so we went through that and we had to kind of struggle with that. And then, you know, we were starting to kind of come out of that whole thing and things were starting to get back to normal and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And so those are other things that you have to be able to do as a business owner. And like you said, that, that, that idea of like, what's coming next and how, and when something happens, how do we get through that? Exactly. And that doesn't have anything to do with training people a lot of no. times. You know? <laughs> Not at all. And the other side of that too, is that the industry is constantly changing and you have to be willing to adapt. And I think a lot of times people get into their business with this certain idea of, okay, well, I want to do things this way and I'm going to do things this way, but then the industry changes and things come up. And if you don't adapt and make changes within your business, then your business dies. So I think a lot of times people kind of get stuck in their ways of, you know, only offering uh, a certain service or, structuring things a certain way and that ends up killing their business sometimes so being open-minded and willing to adapt along with the industry is something that's very necessary as well yeah that's definitely true i know that um so we opened the facility the physical facility in 1996 and in 2004 we added pilates as a uh, another service that we offered and you mm-hmm. know so prior to that we were doing uh personal training nutrition and then, uh, you know, th- people were looking for new things. That's the other thing in the business of the fitness business and probably all businesses. But, you know, I'm a person who's very fine with routine. Like I can, I, if I'm getting results, I'm good with routine. But I notice right. there's a lot of people who aren't. A lot of my clients say like, I don't want to do the same workout. Like this is, this is boring. I want something new. Yes. And I think the fitness industry is partially always changing because we know that exercise is something, you know, the diehard people, you know, they, they love exercise, but the average person, they, they want to do something that they find interesting that they, you know, they, they don't always love it just because, I mean, I've got people say, look, I would not work out if I wasn't coming here because yeah. I just, well, I don't like to do it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I like you. I like the programs. I like the fact that I come to the gym or I come to your studio and I don't even think about what I'm going to do. I just do what you tell me. All I got to do is get here. Exactly. So, yes. so that's another reason why our industry train changes a lot because people are looking for ways to keep people interested. Mm-hmm. And then that entails the fact that our industry shifts a lot, you know, right. because this, this trend went well. Now people are looking for something new. So someone looks and says, all right, what about this? You know, I mean, uh, you know, Pilates, from the time I got interested in exercise, I didn't know anything about Pilates. I never even heard about Pilates. And then they kind of said, hey, this is something that was kind of cool. People really aren't doing it right now. Let's kind of bring it back. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, then of course it was a big trend for a period. And then same thing, right. I mean, yoga was always around, but yep. not a lot of people were doing yoga and then that became a trend. So it, it's one of those things and it's, and it's a balance because on one hand, you, you have to be careful that you 
that you don't try every new thing mm -hmm. and then you 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 invest in some trend that lasts for like a year and it's gone right and on the other hand you you can't you got to be cautious you don't not adapt and right. so it's very like again going back to that judgment it's hard to know mm -hmm. like do i follow this trend or is it going to be gone or do is this going to be a trend that will last and that's right. another thing when it comes to investing money buying equipment you have mm -hmm. to be able to kind of ascertain what's going to happen there and it's not always you know a lot of that's a risk you just don't know you do you make sure. your best judgment and then if it crashes you got to find a way to make it work you know exactly. or, or to, to re regroup Yes. Yes. Education costs money, right? You learn something, but uh, sometimes right. it costs you a little bit of money uh, yeah. or a lot of money in some cases. Uh, so as far as the services that you offer currently, what do those look like? Are you doing one-on-ones, groups, semi-privates? Do you still have the Pilates? How is that working? Yeah, we, we basically just do one-on-one. So we've always okay. stuck with that model. Um, it's not the best business model. Like if you just want to make a lot of money, you could probably do better with groups. Mm -hmm. um, my thing is, is that I want to offer the best quality that I can possibly offer. Absolutely. And I feel like in a group, I mean, you, I'm not saying, I'm not making judgment good or bad in groups. I'm just saying one of the limitations of a group is that you can't give everybody that individual kind of attention. Mm -hmm. If someone comes in and we're doing one-on-one, -on -one, it's like, how do you feel today? What's going on? Oh, your back hurts. Okay. Well then we'll, we'll make, you know, we'll modify things based on you. So it's, it's based on that client. And so then whether it's helping them with their nutrition, with their training, uh, whatever it is, then that's kind of why we stuck with that model, just because I feel like I can serve the client the best. Mm -hmm. um, if From a business standpoint, it's not the greatest model for money because obviously your time's somewhat limited. I mean, if you're training right. 20 people in an hour, you're going to make more money than if you're training one person. Exactly. So I think a lot of it comes down to two, why are you doing what you're doing? What's your passion? What do you love? And so that's just kind of why we've stuck with that model because myself and I guess my staff also, we just, we just, that's the approach we like. So that's what we do. Yeah. So we have one-on-one uh, fitness training, personal standard type of personal training, resistance exercise, things like that. Uh, we also offer one-on-one Pilates and um, we do some, some nutrition as well. Okay. All right. So uh, very tailored approach for your clients. You want your clients to get uh, exactly what it is that they're looking for when they come in and be able to provide them with that one-on-one -on -one attention as well. Right. So I'm sure that that goes a long way. Uh, as far as your client base goes, how many clients are you currently serving? Uh, it's probably somewhere between 100 and 150. I haven't added it up lately. I mean, we were as high as 250 at one point. Mm -hmm. um, but then, of course, with the 08 thing and some other things that have happened, you know, there's been some uh, attrition based on just, you know, economies and things like that. So yeah. I haven't really taken the time to add that up specifically lately, but I'd say it's somewhere between 100 on the low end, maybe 150 on the high. Of course, there's tr some transition too. you know, what I mean, yeah, of course, um, you know, you got things like people going to Florida for the winter or whatever. So mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. OK, so um, as far as client acquisition goes getting new people in your door what are you doing to get new people coming into the facility are you doing any type of paid advertising through social media is it more word of mouth referrals what does that look like for you well that that's an interesting uh question because i was a marketing genius until the internet came along so i never had, <laughs> i never had any uh, formal marketing training but when we started the business I just looked at different options. I mean, there's something called the yellow pages. Nobody probably even knows about yes. that. It used to be a phone book, you know. So yeah. there, was, there was there was yellow pages. So the things that we did, so there was a local magazine that was our community magazine. We started with that. 
And uh, we got a lot of business from that. And then as, as things went on, we, we tried different things. So we did billboards. We did, um, we did what, you know, what used to be the yellow pages. It was mm-hmm. a phone book that had, you know, listings. Um, we, I did uh, television. So we did a lot of television commercials. There was a cable um, channel that gave pretty good rates for, for cable. And we would do a, a spot. And it, it actually, that was our most successful advertising at one point. They, it was pretty reasonable. It was, they were three minute spots and the, actual channel was in among the networks at the time so people as they were scanning back between the networks would come across the channel you know just accidentally and they'd see me Mm -hmm. talking about fitness and they'd stop so it worked it worked great actually um for every dollar i spent on advertising on that campaign we got four dollars back in new business so it was pretty pretty effective yeah um and it was and and the other thing was good about it was the commercials were three minutes so we'd run one for a couple of weeks and we'd make a new one so i would have different spots talking about different things like could be training uh young you know student athletes we talk about nutrition or whatever so by the time people would see these different commercials they were practically almost sold by the time they walked through the door so yes (laughs) so that was great it made it simple but so anyway so between the, the tv the radio um uh, billboards. There was one billboard I had. It was right where there's a traffic jam every morning. I thought that's the billboard I want. Perfect. People are going to have to look at it, you know. So we did a lot of very traditional advertising, and everything I did worked. And I was like, man, I'm like some kind of marketing genius. I don't know how this works, you know. So then the internet came along, and I didn't make that. So this is an example of seeing where things are going. Yes. I didn't make that transition as quickly as I should have. Just because everything was working, I was working 100 hours a week. I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, I, I can't really take on much more business anyway. No. And um, so, but but then when the 08 thing happened, the downturn, and then with COVID and everything, that's the time it would have been really good to be up and running much more in social media and things yes. like that. So, mm-hmm. um, I did start to do some social media, but now I'm a marketing moron. I have to say, I'm. Uh, I just, I just, you know, maybe it's because I'm an old guy. You know, I don't know, but I, I just um, seem to not it seems like it takes a lot of time and it's, I guess that's the thing in the past, you know, those ads took a certain amount of time for me to get ready. And then it it didn't require a lot of my time. Yeah. And so I think the problem with social media is when I've tried to do it, it's like, I don't, I don't really have this time. And I see, I see what it takes. The people I see are successful at, they're always on there. They're always posting. They're always, so maybe Mm -hmm. I need to hire somebody or or do something else. I'm still actually trying to work on that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I know some people where they really got that down, especially a lot of the younger people, because they kind of grow up with it and it's it's just, it's their life, you know? So I would say at this point, I'm kind of in a transition of just saying, how can I better, manage the social media to make it more profitable because mm-hmm. to me if i'm going to do something i, I want it to be profitable because i yeah, don't love social media i don't love it enough like i don't i'm like just not happy to say oh i you know 100 people read my post like that doesn't mean anything to me other than i don't mind helping people but you know i only have i have limited time because i work absolutely I know, maybe at 80 hours i'm down from 100 hours to maybe like 80 hours a week so um, it's really a matter of as, as your time gets squeezed really sort of say what what how can i maximize whether it's my advertising or my whatever it is. So yeah. another place we get business, obviously, all along has been uh, referrals. So I would say mm-hmm. probably about half of our business has always come from referrals. It used to be about half advertising, half referrals. Right now, it's more referrals because um, after the 08 thing, I found traditional advertising wasn't working as well. It's like yeah. it, there was that shift and it just seemed like, wow, this isn't working like it used to. So anyway, so we're kind of trying to feel our way along at this mm-hmm. point with between COVID and everything else. So we did start doing virtual uh, during the shutdown because it was kind of a, you know, talking about adapting. I mean, it was like, yeah. you know, if I want to have any yes, money sir. coming in, I have to, 
You know what I mean? So exactly. But that's kind of where we are now. And it's it's been kind of a journey. And so, like I said, I was really great at marketing and now I'm not so great at it. So, but again, this is those transitions we talk about. So that's right. why I'm, I've been working on the social media, trying to figure out how to improve that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely does take, it is a learning curve in the beginning to uh, learn the ins and outs of the whole marketing game. And it does take time because you do have to adjust things and, you know, make sure that your targeting is on point and make, make sure that everything is optimized to run efficiently. Um, so yeah, it's, it's certainly a learning curve in the beginning, but that tends to be now what takes businesses to the next level, you know, because you can, get so far on referrals, word of mouth, things like that. And those are great because those leads are awesome. You know, they, they come in the door ready to go. Basically right. they're already sold. So you don't have to do much as far as those leads go. Um, but it's also not something that you can track, you know? So from month to month, it's like, you don't really know how many referrals you're going to get. Whereas if you're doing some type of paid advertising, eventually you can say, okay, if I'm spending X amount of dollars on this, I can expect to have X amount of leads. And then that converts into, you know, X amount of sales for the month. Right. Um, so it's a little bit more predictable, but it certainly does take time and it is a learning curve to figure it all out and get it optimized and running efficiently. So I think a lot of a lot of gym owners kind of shy away from it just because it does take time and a lot of gym owners don't have time um, and just kind of rely on the more organic stuff, just posting on social media and uh, word of mouth and referrals, things of that nature to kind of build the membership. One thing I, I will say about that is I actually do track my referrals. I understand what you're saying. It's yeah. it, it's not as easy to make it predictable. I mean, but I've always tracked. I Actually, everybody should really do this. I've tracked all of my new business. I always know where it's coming from. You know, one of the, one of the things, the simple things to do is obviously if you get a new client say, you know, how did you hear about us? And I have, mm -hmm. you know, when we do our client intakes, that's always a question I ask. And so I actually can look and tell you where every single client we have came from. Yeah. So that's, that's important. And, and the other thing too, you know, you know just uh, thinking that, you know, people of all different levels of experience could be listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. But, you know, one of the things is super important in business. And I think a lot of people don't think of it in this way, but, if somebody said to me, what, what, what's one of the secrets of business? I would say that one of the secrets is realizing that business is just about relationships. Mm -hmm. I mean, really what a business is, is you're having relationships with a bunch of people. And so if you think about somebody in your life that you care about, like how you would treat them, exactly. um, I think of all of my customers as kind of like extended family, mm -hmm. you know, and, and uh, you know, so it's a matter of, you know, relating to them, building relationships, paying attention to those relationships, because again, if you have good relationships with your customers, then they get a, they really want to refer people to you. And that really Absolutely. helps your referral base. I think sometimes if you start to think your customers are numbers, you got you got to be careful because it's easy to start to not do those small things that keep mm -hmm. them engaged. And so right. I think that's, that's a really important thing, for, especially younger people. Sometimes they just don't think in those terms, mm -hmm. but I think of business really is all about me having relationships and not even just with my clients, with my, with somebody who's one of your advertisers or, or, mm -hmm. or somebody that, you know, that you do advertising with or absolutely any other people that help facilitate your business. It's important mm -hmm. to keep those business, those business relationships healthy because that really is business. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's built on trust. You know, nobody's going to buy anything from anybody that they don't trust. And building that relationship along the way is huge too, as far as retention goes. And, you know, you can't build your business without having some type of base. And it's important to maintain those clients over time and actually help them get to their results. So, If they're only sticking with you for a month, then chances are they're not actually reaching their goals and it doesn't do anyone any good. Um, And that's really one of the things that I used to focus on a lot when I was in the facility training the staff was like, just have a conversation with people like you're talking to a friend, you know, just have a conversation like you're talking to a friend and that's helps you to connect with people and build trust and build that relationship. And from there, it's really amazing what can happen within the business, but also for the clients themselves. You know, that's how people find what they've never had before in a facility and get the results that they're actually looking for and change their lives because it not only affects them, you know, in the gym, they get stronger, of course, they lose some weight, you know, whatever it might be, but outside of the gym as well, because it tends to build confidence and, you know, improve other aspects of their life as well. So everything's connected and those little things really add up to make a big difference overall. Well, you you made a good point too, about having a base. You know, it's very important to have a base of clients, um, that are loyal to you. And so again, how you treat them. So when I remember when I was young, starting out, I thought, you know, I really want to do a great job so I don't lose any clients. Well, now mm-hmm. I've been in business for a long time and I'm losing some clients because they're passing away. And yeah. I thought, well, that's that, but that says something that we've kept clients Absolutely. for 25, 30 years and they only left us because they passed away. I mean, right. that, that's, that's the kind of longevity that if you can start to build into your business, um, that, that, that it helps also keep you successful through the downturns. Yes. You know, because those, those loyal people, I mean, I know myself, I, I jokingly say to my, maybe my accountant or something, say, you know, you're not allowed to die because I, I don't want to get a new account. <laughs> yeah. Right. So as, you get, as you get older, you, you know, you don't think about these things when you're younger, but you start getting older, you think, oh, I don't want to have to get a new account. And you, or, or you're not allowed to retire. You know? yes. <laughs> I'm going to retire. No, you're not allowed to retire. I don't, I don't want to, you know. But, but that's how your clients will be with you. You know, if I, if I ever talk to them and say, well, maybe I'll retire. Say, oh, no, you can't retire. Right. <laughs> I, you you got to keep going till I'm, till I'm gone. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you can't leave. You know, that's when you know you've built loyalty. You know, when that's people right. don't stick around. You know? Absolutely. Yes. That speaks volumes for sure. So as far as goals go, I mean, even over the next six months to a year or so, is there anything specific within your business that you're really focused on? Um, Well, I have to say that with COVID going on, that's kind of muted things because it's a little harder to, you know, hopefully we're out of the lockdown phase and all that stuff, because obviously my my goal last year was just not not go out of business. To survive. Yeah. I wasn't like thinking like, oh, I I wonder what initiatives I could have this year. Yeah, right. Let's let's just be here, you know. So um, I I wouldn't say that I I have a lot of grand plans right now. I, you know, we have three really good nutrition programs that we've developed um, that probably have a lot of potential to not only help a lot of people, but as a result of helping a lot of people could be monetarily beneficial for the business. Yep. Um, so I would say one of those objectives is just trying to figure out how I could use social media to promote those. Like they've been very successful in our local um, 
with the local people we're working with. Mm -hmm. So I would like to find a way to maybe uh, capitalize on that so that the business can generate more money from some things like that. For sure. um, I, I would like to uh, increase our reach with virtual mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, essentially you can have a client anywhere in the world. Yeah. Uh, so that, so as a result of what happened, happened with COVID, I'm, Moving forward, that's one thing I'd like to do is is find a way to reach more people through social. So this is all kind. Of, I guess our our big thing is to capitalize better on social media. So whether it's gaining marketing for clients locally or whether it's getting clients that you know having access to clients that could be anywhere. Exactly. Uh, so I would say that's probably the main thing that we're kind of focused on. Like how can we take that next step and and expand into the virtual world. And, and start to generate some significant revenue yeah. um, from that aspect of, you know, because, because I see the, I've, I've done, I don't know how many different seminars I've done online with Zoom and different things um, in the last year. And it's, you know, especially now we're all getting comfortable with it. You know, it's like, yeah. it's almost like, well, you're just, you know, like later today, I'm, I'm, um, I'm meeting with a group of folks. We meet the first Friday of every uh, month and, and discuss things and, it, and, and, it's just like we'd be going to the coffee shop in the past. I mean, it's just, it's just kind of natural now, you know, yeah, in the first you're like, well, that's kind of weird. We're going to talk on the computer, you know, but now I, it, I just feel like it's just kind of normal. Right. And so I would like to take that um, technology and that availability of access and, and expand our reach Absolutely. into a larger. So I guess that's our, our goal moving forward as well as, you know, obviously grow our, our local business as well. But yeah. Uh, but I think they tie together. They do. Yeah, absolutely. It, um, it can help to grow within the facility, you know, reach more people, help more people locally, and then also to expand your reach outside of your zip code and so far beyond as well. And that also provides another stream of revenue for the business, which is great. And especially right now, I mean, it's still kind of a transitionary period coming back from COVID. And, you know, some people are still not 100% comfortable going into a gym. Some people have just taken on working out at home or virtually right. as their workout now. So um, being able to, again, adapt and provide those services for the people that are looking for it is huge. So, um, yeah, definitely learning about that and kind of capitalizing on that is definitely a good move for the future, helping you grow within the business and then um, expanding that reach to literally anywhere in the world at this point to provide that other stream of revenue for the business as well. Yeah. So that, like I said, that's our, probably our main focus at, at this point. You know, yeah. another point, another point you and I talked about earlier, uh, this is not about marketing, but just about people going into business. Uh, we were talking about with the, you know, with COVID and the downturn that. So one of the things that that's helped me through difficult times is always having backup cap capital for your business. Yes. And a lot of people, you know, this is a little bit off the subject we were just on, but I'm, I'm thinking of people maybe starting into business. It's very important to try to build a base of cash because inevitably in business, there's going to be stuff. I mean, the, yeah. this, I, you know, the, if you're thinking you're going to open your doors and everything's going to wonderfully, I, I, I wish you luck. I hope that yes. happens for you. But, uh, I, you know, I've, I've seen that uh, that's one of the reasons people don't make it because they don't anticipate some of these big things that can happen. And uh, so it, I think that's another key point 
is uh, recognizing that you you need to build up some backup cap. Now I understand sometimes you start out. You I, I started my business. I put 100% of what I had into the business. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we we went for a period of time and that wasn't the case. But pretty quickly I tried to accumulate some reserves just because it's it's one of the things that lets businesses survive when there's Absolutely. these downturns. You know sometimes it can be the difference between you make it and the, your your competitor doesn't make it. You know mm-hmm. because you, you keep that backup capital. So that's something I'd like to just kind of throw in there as we're talking about uh, different aspects of business that are important for you know survival and success. For sure. Yeah. Being prepared just in case, because, you know, it's like nobody ever in a million years expected that COVID would be a thing, but it was. And over 30% of gyms ended up closing. So interesting. You said that, you know, I'm a, I'm the kind of person who's very thoughtful. I think through a lot of things that, you know, mm-hmm. one of my nicknames as a kid, they just call me the analyzer, you know, but mm-hmm. so I, I, I'm very introspective about things and how does life work? How does business work, et cetera. But like you just said, like I plan for a lot of things that could potentially happen to my business. Mm-hmm. Never thought of a pandemic. No, <laughs> never. I never thought, well, maybe the government will tell me I'm not allowed to work. <laughs> like right. that never occurred to me. Never crossed your mind. Right. So right. that's why you, you got to have some backup reserves because you just don't know what's going to happen. No, we never Stuff know what's there. coming. So, right. yeah, that's a great piece of advice to those of you who are thinking about potentially opening your own facility. Lots of good stuff here. Lots of good tips. So uh, have some backup cash on hand just in case, because you never know COVID could happen. So yeah. all pass, right. up, pass up on the sports car, keep some money in the bank. Back yes. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. That's another thing I've, I've seen in business. People start to make some money. They get excited. Start buying all kinds of stuff. I'm like, no, you better have your backup reserve fund first. Yes. And once that's in place, then buy some stuff. You know? Right. Yes, absolutely. Prepare yourself for, for the future first. And then, and then if you've still got some left over, then yeah. you can buy the sports car. Then you buy your sports car, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on your favorite social media? <laughs> okay. Well, the, the simplest thing is to go to our website, which is fitnessinnovations.com. So that's the, that's the simplest one. All right, cool. Sounds good. All right. So Fitness Innovations in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much, Jeff, for joining us today. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you. I enjoyed it. All right. Awesome. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, make sure you keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic, and I'm here with my guest, owner of Apex Boxing and Fitness in Nokomis, Florida, Teddy Moore. How are you doing today? I'm good, brother. Happy to be here. I'm happy to have you on. Let's jump right into it. Tell us what Apex Boxing and Fitness is all about. I mean, there's a lot in the name, but give me more. All right, so um, Apex Boxing and Fitness uh, came to be what it is now because uh, we started as more of like a fitness, boxing fitness kind of a deal. Um, so basically we house both uh, strength, conditioning, cardio-based classes, as well as boxing and kickboxing style fitness and skills classes. Um, and in addition to that, we have recently gravitated into the realm of uh, combat sports. So we're also providing fight team classes. At this moment in time, we are focusing on striking disciplines. But um, what I would say is over the course of time, we have continued to evolve. So there's a potential that we may evolve and to incorporate other disciplines and maybe at some point in the future, encompassing more of an MMA gym versus more of a boxing and fitness gym. Awesome, man. Exciting. And, and you guys are you're still in your first year, right? We're going to throw that out there so that when people hear some of the things that have happened, you opened in May of yes. 2021. Yes. So we haven't even hit the one year mark and you have, you've already figured out some things, some growth, some things that you've added onto your programs. And I know that you said you've got some ideas for the future. So before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about the past. You know, give me a summary of your experience. What led you into the opportunity to open up Apex? All right. So um, as for myself, um, I was actually in Washington State before coming out here. Um, I was coaching out there, had a gym out there, um, did a lot of different things while I was out there. Um, and what actually brought me back to Florida um, was to visit my parents. My parents have recently moved to Florida. And, you know, since I was a kid, I left in, in the army right out of high school. So I've been away from them for a very long time. So they've been kind of hounding me like, hey, come, come to Florida, come visit us, come to Florida. So I ended up coming to Florida. Um, I was in transition to do something completely different than what I'm doing right now. Um, I was actually preparing to go back into the military, um, but then that abruptly changed um, because I had met my partner. Um, her, her name is Lisa, very kind woman, um, very fortunate to have met her uh, because if it weren't for her, I wouldn't have the opportunity that I have today. Um, and then basically um, was lucky enough to connect with her. Uh, talk to her, kind of put my expertise on the table, and then basically get the opportunity that I have right now. So um, with that, um, I kind of came into the picture midway. So I wasn't, I wasn't here in the inception of the gym. I came midway along the way. Um, when I came in, um, the purpose of me coming in was to, you know, continue to push this into a positive direction that can uh, support the community and, and kind of do what we do in, in the fitness industry. Um, and in taking over, um, I would say that we have had great success thus far. Um, so far, we have continued to increase our um, 
overall membership rates. Um, we, we spend a lot of time um, in the community trying to connect and do some grassroots marketing, things like that. And, and um, as of right now, it has yielded a lot of good results for us. So basically, we, we're just trying to sustain our momentum and, you know, continue to grow and continue to do what we do. Awesome, man. That's, that's super cool. So you didn't, this isn't your first rodeo. You came in, you had experience coaching with running a facility. So you had an idea of what to expect. You knew what the operations of a gym looked like. You had a partner that you found that you, you know, you have a lot of faith in and a lot of respect for. Um, when you came in, was the facility open yet or was it in the process of becoming open? So it was open. Okay. Um, there were some existing coaches and different things that were here before I came in. And then I came in and I revamped a lot of things, changed a lot of things. So we kind of underwent a, a really big evolution, I would say, because now, you know, we've, we've taken it into a direction where we were able to offer so many more resources to the community and not, not just even in the sense of you know, like boxing or fitness, but we also have on-site nutritionists. We have corrective exercise specialists for people with injuries and things like that. So um, we have a lot of different things to bring to the table as far as resources to help people get back to where they're trying to be. Cool, cool. All right. Yeah, that's, um, that's a little bit out of the ordinary story, but it's cool to see that, you know, you met the right person. There were some things in place, but, you know, there's faith in your vision. Hey, I'm going to bring this. I see what you guys are doing. I think we can even bring it to another level, make a bigger impact. And basically you've been given the reins to, to put your stamp on this thing. Cool. So there was, there was some existing coaching, some existing membership and structure. When you came in, you came in, as you said, you revamped a lot of things, put into place what you have now as it exists. And I know there are plans for the future, but uh, one of the things that stood out to me was you got some momentum early, you know, for a gym that's not been open a year in, um, in this space to have 200 active clients or, or thereabouts. I know that that always fluctuates because of the nature of the business, but to be anywhere near that mark so quickly, that requires really the thing that stands out for me. It's just going to be a lot of hustle. So what, do, what would you say contributed to that the most? What are the things that you've done that work to, to get butts in the seats over there? Um, so what I found that works best uh, for myself, okay? I, I can't necessarily say that this works for uh, best for everybody because everybody has a different personality. Um, but I'm the kind of character who I can go, I can meet with people, you know, shake hands, kiss babies and stuff like that. Um, so I find it best for myself to do kind of like that bare basic grassroots marketing where I'm actually out in the community, connecting with other people, other business owners, um, putting on things like pop-up events and things like that in the community where the community is able to see us. And we have that out, that outreach to them. Um, I noticed that every time we do something that we, you know, make that connection and that contact with the community it usually yields us something in return. You know, it's like you put that good energy out, you get good energy back, right? So we end up doing events and then all of a sudden I have people coming through the doors talking about, hey, you know, I saw you guys at 
the trunk or treat, you know, in Halloween and we wanted to come check you out or whatever the case was, but we do a lot of the, you know, very basic grassroots style marketing where I'm just in people's faces, meeting people. You basically know everywhere that I've been in, in Venice, Nokomis area, if you see our flyers all over the place, um, it, it's because I've been there. So that's that's kind of what I feel has been like a tremendous part. And then the other part is uh, our, our best asset is our free marketing, which is kind of our social media as well. So um, we use particular strategies amongst myself and our, our trainers and whatnot. So that way we have uh, continuous content um, to post on, on our social media. And that way we can have more of an engagement and we're looking to develop that aspect as well. Um, but to be quite fair, that is also uh, a fairly new realm. Um, I'm not really crazy about social media just on a personal basis, um, let alone from a, from a business perspective, but I can understand its value. So I, for, for me, my dad always told me if it's for free, it's for me, it's free marketing. So we're going to use it and abuse it and keep putting our name out there. And we just know so long as our name keeps um, making its way out into the community, people will come in. Awesome. So yeah, it sounds like most of what you've done has fallen into the realm of organic marketing or guerrilla marketing, things that don't cost a lot of dollars. Um, you know, you're printing out flyers. There's some nominal cost for that, but um, it's more it's more the time and the you know the footwork that you're putting in for it. And I think something that I want to make sure that I touch on here is you're not talking about your staff as much going out and doing it. And they may be, but you're also saying like, hey, you know, I'm an owner. I'm running this place. I'm getting out there. I'm getting off my ass and going in the community and be like hey, this, this is my baby, come check it out. So it's not, it's not instant delegation. It's you saying, if I want this, I'm going to go get it. Absolutely. I, I always say, you know, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself, you know. Um, and I'm, I'm very fortunate for my staff. I'm very grateful for them. I have a great staff and whatnot. But in, in the same respect, we can't just assume that everybody is going to follow suit. So I think it's important that you know, you being the owner, you want to take the initiative. And on top of that, you know, you, you want to you want to lead by example. You know, people are much more receptive to that versus your boss type character who's going to bark out what they expect them to do. Um, but I, I, like I said, I think I'm very fortunate. I, I have a, a staff who also, you know, comes forth and they share ideas with me and um, they will even tell you, you know, I'm very open to their ideas. And if, if I find it sensible and like a good idea, we'll rock with it and we'll see how it goes. And, you know, thus far, you know, we, we've done some pretty um, interesting um, different things with the marketing and whatnot. Um, and we've been kind of recording the results and seeing how everything has been going. But like I said, it's, it's kind of a, a new realm for me as well. So, yeah. So as far as the the leveraging social media. I think that that is an important aspect of almost any, any fitness facility these days. And it has a couple of different benefits. One is um, people, especially in the world of shopping for fitness these days, they might find you through Google or they might find you through a referral, but they're going to go and check out your social media. So one, if you don't have anything, they're just going to question whether you're a legit business or not. And two, they get a, an idea of what your personality is, what the vibe is of the business. What am I going to expect? Because 
it's one thing, you know, if, if you're putting out a lot of organic posts about what's going on around the gym, it's one thing to be like, oh, this looks all shiny and good and nice in their ad photos, but what's it look like on a day to day? And so it sounds like, you know, you're saying that you have yourself and your team producing content and it, it feels like it goes in that direction. Is it, are you guys recording, you know, group workouts, highlighting clients? Like what are the things that you're finding are getting the most engagement from your followers? I notice our followers engage more with the things that pertain to our members. Um, so, you know, like, like you mentioned, obviously our trainers are taking little snapshots of their classes and things like that. So that way, you know, the world knows, Hey, we got these classes going on. Um, but in addition, um, the members find value in, in seeing the other members of the community and their successes and whatnot. And, you know, Lately, as we've been focusing on our social media, we have been trying to spend some more time highlighting some of those things. Um, for example, uh, one of our members, uh, her, her son is one of the coaches for the Bengals. And if you follow football, you know, yeah, they're, yeah. The one, they're getting set up for the Super Bowl and whatnot. You know, I, I work with this woman, very kind lady. Um, and, you know, I just congratulated her and I knew she was happy and she sent pictures of, you know, the, the game and, you know, her son and whatnot. And we just shared it on our social media and, and it got a very good response. And, and I believe it's just because the, the members care about their community. You know, they, they, this is the stuff that pertains to them. Like, hey, I know this person. I'm happy for this person. You know, I can't wait to come in the gym and chit chat about the game with this person. So I think that that kind of sums up that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. One of my um, one of my favorite resources, books, websites, things like that, that pertains to that stuff is called uh, Building a Story Brand. Uh, are you familiar with that? Negative, no. Something there's it's a really cool thing to to check out. I think the author's name is Donald Miller. I, I might have that wrong, but um, it's called Building a Story Brand, and he talks about how every great movie every great business, everything that people that we associate with huge success has a story, right? And generally in the fitness space, how we see it applying is the story always has a hero, right? There's always a journey. There's always a hero. You can see in different fitness businesses and, you know, I know you're not a big fan of social media, but I'm sure you see it come in front of you. There are some businesses where the hero is the client. And there are some businesses where the hero is the business and you can see a huge difference. And I'm not going to say what's right or wrong because Hey, do your thing. It's, it's your business. But the feedback that we get the most from is if you're posting, Oh, our trainers are jacked. Look at this. Where, you know, where this, that look at our, our equipment, our building, like that stuff is, is a nice thing to have. But like when your clients are the hero of the story, Right. And, and that could be any number of different ways. It resonates more with with communities in a lot of ways. Um, there are certain areas where there's different cultural things. Right. If you're in Miami Beach, people want to see that every trainer has a 12 pack, you know, and, you know, you it, it doesn't. That's kind of a different thing. But for for a general population, kind of most of the country, most of the people that are consuming higher end fitness outside of major metro areas, it's like. People just want to say like, oh, that person looks like me. That person is my neighbor or that person could be me, whatever it is, and get that I can do that moment and, and boom. So 
I think you taking that approach again, feeds into what you're seeing. So um, from an interaction standpoint, uh, we have a couple of different schools of thought here as far as what people do with client interactions on social media. Some people are just like, hey, I have my website. It's in my Instagram bio. It's in my Facebook. If someone wants to book and talk to somebody, they can click the link. And then the other side is if somebody likes one of my posts or they comment or I get a new follower, like I'm reaching out to them right away or as soon as possible. Hey, thanks for the follow. Hey, what did you like about that post? Hey, like how long have you been, whatever, like engaging a real conversation, not just like, Hey, do you want to come work out at the gym? Like just a real conversation with somebody who may be a client today, maybe their kid, their wife, their husband, partner, uncle might be a client a year from now, but just having the genuine interest in people, um, and people go, you know, it, it can go either way. Um, I see that when, when businesses, when they have people that have free time to do it, it's that organic conversation almost never seems to hurt, but it does take time. So have you guys experimented both ways with that? Do you have, you know, a one or two strategy for what you do with that engagement? Um, not, not quite. Um, Cause like I said, the, the focus on social media has been a little more recent. Mm -hmm. um, so we've been more playing with it more recently um, and kind of seeing what, what that has been yielding. Um, I, as far as like myself, I've never like really used it in that manner, the way you described it, where like, you know, whether it's a follower, just, you know, happen to follow you, like reach out to them. Hey, you know, what brought you to our page? You know, I, I didn't think to do that. I would also assume, you know, that kind of takes a, you know, focused uh, attention and, and a lot of uh, additional effort, but um, it, it seems like something that would be uh, beneficial, you know. Um, the other thing is um, usually when when members do respond to us, like they'll comment or they will, um, you know, react to something that we posted or whatnot, usually we, we try to respond to that. So whether, you know, we respond with a comment or, you know, we essentially acknowledged it by liking the comment or whatever the case is, but just, just kind of um, to let them know like, hey, there is somebody on the other end of this. You're not just aimlessly, you know, looking at pictures and liking things and not, not being able to get in touch with somebody. Um, but we haven't gotten as deep as like focusing on an individual engagement for each and, and every person that has uh, followed us thus far. Yeah, for sure. And I wanna make sure that again, this comes across the right way this is a less than one year old business. It's not necessarily like, hey, why aren't you doing every single thing you could possibly do in at all times? Like nobody's ever got that covered. Um, I wanna make sure that it's strategic and in, in that you you realize I say these things respectfully. So uh, I appreciate your, you know, kind of the, the dialogue there. So um, so right now you're you are making sure that if one of your members is responding, you're definitely interacting with them. And then maybe at some point down the line, it may be when you have more time, it may be if you have a social media manager, whatever it is, it's at least one of those things where now it's like, it's in your back pocket, you know, all right, one day, maybe we can get to this. The only other question that I have, I think there on the, the social media front, are you strategically like uh, following your members and tagging them when you make posts or are you more waiting for them to tag you? 
Yeah, so we have been doing that more so lately. And one thing that I would say is a positive response that I've seen from that thus far is that in doing that, um, members have started to occasionally come forward and make their own posts and tag us. Um, so I definitely see the value in that. And it's something that we've been trying to focus on more at minimum, what we have done kind of like involuntarily without even recognizing it was, um, when I would post like, you know, a particular class that's happening, I'll be like, um, 9am bootcamp class, you know, and I'll say with coach Mary bet and I'll put her tag in there and whatnot. And, and it'll mention her. And I noticed that, you know, in doing that, it was getting views from people outside of our followers and whatnot. So then, oh, we, yeah. yeah, so then at that point, I started to focus on doing that more. Every time our trainers come up, I would post their tag in there. And then also, you know, we, we do have quite a few members who follow us. It's kind of hard to remember everybody's Instagram yeah. hashtags, yeah. but we get it in where we can fit it in. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Not, nothing could be 100% there. And, yeah. and and I'm sure you probably have a handle on this, but I, also in, in consideration of the audience, please, <laughs> at least from my sanity, if you're tagging members, right, and it, I don't care what your discipline is, try to make, try to tag them in something where they look good, right? People love, love to be tagged. I mean, was I came from the CrossFit world. Some people do like to get tagged when they're in a sweaty heap on the mess in the fetal position. But if you're not in that world and people don't want to be put that way, like if you want people to share it and engage and like it, like it, like put it through another set of eyes, whatever it is, make sure that it's something flattering, right? You have hundreds of clients, most of us, and so many opportunities. It's like, or if you're going to tag somebody, at least just tag the person who looks good there. It's it's one of those things where um, sometimes I see it come across and they're like, oh, my members don't like it when I tag them. I'm like, did you, did you? you know, how did they look, right? Because we don't always look our best when we're working out. Some people love that workout mean face, but not, not everybody, right? So optics, one of the things, one of the things to keep in mind there. All right, cool. So um, I think we drilled down pretty deep on the, on the organic, on the social media piece there. Um, you guys are new, you have a groundswell, there's excitement, there's novelty. So you, you have all this, you have new excited people, um, there's a lot of word of mouth. Uh, when it comes to advertising, um, I always make like the, the dating in-person versus online kind of analogy. Like I think when you're new, you, it's like having a new group of friends, right? And if you're, if, you're, if you're not single, then you probably can't relate to this. So just, just pretend with me um, where you get all these new people and those people can introduce you to, to other people. Like they can set you up. It's like a real, you know, they can set you up on a date. Might be a blind date, might be not a blind date, but like at a certain point, that circle is sort of exhausted. And I always say like the next level, whenever that is, and it's different for everybody, is, you know, the equivalent of online dating is, is paid advertisement, uh, whether that be Facebook, Google, Instagram, things like that. And it really is like the online dating because you take your best pictures, you write a good bio about yourself, right? Everything looks cool. You put it out to everybody in 10 miles. And then you're trying to get people to swipe right on your business, right? What, you know, whatever Tinder, Bumble, whatever, whatever app you're into. Um, and that's where I, I find that equation. So is that something that you feel like, are you on the cusp on? Are you still riding a big wave of this organic? Um, is it something that you might want to layer on to be like, hey, I want to 
I want to get my hands in this before the wave of organic slows down. What's your, your frame of reference on that? I know you have the, if it's free, it's for me. And I think that's great. But at a certain point, it's like, well, it may not be free, but if it pays out more than I'm putting, pays me in more than I'm putting out, maybe it's still cool. So where do you sit on that right now? Yeah, so um, I think this is like a best of both worlds kind of scenario, you know, because the beauty of social media, social media can continue the work that I can't do when I'm sleeping, right? And then, you know, the the organic work, the, you know, connecting with communities, what I can do when I'm up and about and doing my thing. Um, so I, I think both of them are kind of essential if you really want to be successful more often than not. I understand in the gym realm, you know, you have your good months, you have your bad months, so on and so forth. But if if you want to uh, have more good months than not, then definitely it needs to be a balance. So I think I, I do think, you know, you got to spend a little bit of time playing in the online dating world as well as trying to, you know, meet people the old fashioned way, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I love that you're just you've been doing this a while you have a lot of experience you've owned other gyms but you're still open-minded you're still evolving and trying to say like hey i know what worked here this may or may not i'm going to take as many things as i know that worked and apply them but it's still trial and error and you're open to always just figuring out what's going to work best right now in this facility it's not just well in my day you know whatever so uh, i i really give you give you credit for that open-mindedness there. So um, I always like to combine um, our conversations. Whenever it comes to marketing, I always like to combine it with sales because they're so closely related. And I think it one feeds into the other so much. So give me a little bit of a rundown, if you don't mind, of your your sales, your onboarding process. Because with with combat fitness or martial arts or things like that, it can be a little different than, you know, you're not walking into Globo gym, like, Hey, let me get a membership. I'm going to use machines or personal train. Like if somebody reaches out to you and they're like, Teddy, I've been following your Instagram. I'm trying to get in shape. I'm not exactly sure what I want to do. Like, do you have a, a choreographed process like that you walk people through? And if so, what does that look like? Yeah. So, um, if we, you know, have some person inquiring, trying to connect or whatnot, um, the very first thing we try to do is invite them into the gym um, before we kind of talk about anything like pertinent, like memberships or anything like that. Um, the reason why we try to take that approach is because um, I feel like a big conflict with uh, kind of giving your prices up front is that people will sometimes look at that price and go, oh no, that's too much for a gym because I can go to Planet Fitness for like 10 bucks a month. But what they don't understand is the value and the resources that they get from our gym in comparison to something like a Planet Fitness. So when, if we are able to, you know, talk to them beforehand and convince them to come in and, and attempt the complimentary child class, they'll come in, uh, we'll, we'll get a chance to greet them, talk to them, ask them some questions get an idea of where they stand, what are, what are they actually looking for in their fitness journey to first even see if that's something we can uh, do for them, you know, because everybody has their own interests or whatnot. Um, but, you know, per se, this person is um, actually somebody interested in boxing, then we'll kind of square them away in a boxing class. 
usually we try to put them in a class that will kind of suit what it is that they're trying to get out of their time here. So for example, you know, if it's somebody who, um, you know, is interested in practical application, we might say, hey, you might want to try out fight team. Or if it's somebody who's like, hey, you know, I'm just here to work out, you know, boxing sounds like fun, we'll put them in a boxing fitness class. So there's, um, just spending a little bit of time getting to know them, getting them scheduled for the class. After the class, um, our procedure, we basically have our trainer, uh, whoever the trainer is at the time, uh, reconnect with that prospect, um, kind of talk to them, chat with them, get a little bit of um, insight on how they felt about the class, the overall experience and whatnot. And usually that trainer will facilitate the transaction of that um, prospect back to the front desk salesperson. Um, the front desk salesperson will then sit down and go over all the membership options, kind of, you know, do their investigative front where they ask them to try to figure out what would be the best membership option for them, because we do have a variety of membership options based on what we offer. Um, as far as uh, like a, a, a consistent sales process, um, I, I always tell my, my team, like, think about this kind of like your own business, right? Like you're your own trainer, you're your own salesperson. You have to um, source and, you know, mar market to your prospects, connect with them, sell them, close, all that good stuff like that. So basically what we look to do is we look to do ongoing training with that. So monthly, um, every month I do sales training with my team. Um, I usually facilitate and conduct the sales training. Um, I do so, I feel comfortable doing so because I've been in sales for some time. Um, I used to sell, um, life insurance, securities and all that stuff like that. Um, so I, I have a lot of, ex uh, of sales experience and I was exceptional in sales and still to this day, I, you know, sell a lot of PT in the gyms and things like that. So I take a lot of that, um, knowledge that I gained from, you know, working with the fortune 100 company in that sense, I was working with, uh, the New York life. Um, so I took a lot of the sales training and the knowledge that I gave from them. And this is what I look to try to implement with the team. So um, every month we'll sit down, we'll go over training. We'll, we'll talk about, you know, pertinent things happening in the gym. Um, we'll talk about some sales things and things like that. And, um, you know, ba basically um, we kind of just describe like a full sales pipeline right there. So just basically the prospecting to the getting them into the appointment to um, facilitating the experience, to sitting down with them and doing a little more fact finding to figure out you know, where, where we're gonna put them and then finish off with the close. So that's kind of our basic process. Um, we, with, our, with the way that our process is right now, we have a very high close rate. Um, so what I say is, you know, if we can get them in here, we can close them. You know, it's just, they have to come in first, they have to experience it, you know? Um, and then that's why we're trying to focus more effort on the marketing so we can get some more foot traffic in here. And as more people come, more people join the family and the community gets ever bigger. Awesome, man. Couple, couple of things. I mean, there's a million things. Every time you say something, it, it just gets the wheels turning. But a couple of things I want to point out there that I think you hit the nail on the head with. Um, and I want to come back and just put an exclamation point on it. One thing with, the. Uh, with not having the prices up front, with not having the prices on the website, I don't, I don't subscribe to any school of thought either way, but I think you, you hit the nail on the head with, if you put your prices on your website, you will 
still get phone calls and people who walk in who come in and say, I didn't know what the price was. Sure. You can have it in red flashing letters. Now you will have some people who also will see the price and be like, now that's too much before they even know what the value is. So there are some strategies there. And I think that's what it is. It's strategic decisions. I mean, anybody that has, that's going to go on a website these days, anybody that has Google, they can get a pretty good idea what they're going to, what they're going to expect. You might still have someone that comes in and is like, oh, I thought it was 20 bucks a month, right? Where it's, you know, I Googled five gyms in the area and everyone is a hundred to 200. Like people are, can figure it out. And I think what you do is you open yourself up for more conversations, right? And I think that's what, what most gym owners want is more conversation. You will absolutely get the people who are just um, obstinate about, well, they don't want to put their price on the website. I'm not going to call them, right? Those people are probably painting the ass anyway. And my guess is you probably don't want them as a client. I'm not saying that everybody is, but it's just like, listen, if somebody is really going to not call you over that, how interested were they? Like there's so many other things that come into it. So I think there's a couple of ways to look at that. I don't think one way is right or wrong. I think it's just, you seem to have a really good handle on what you're trading off for one versus the other. So that's one of those things. And people always ask, should I do it? Should I not do it? Do either one, but make an informed decision. And I think that's kind of the bottom line there. Uh, the other thing that I, I think you're onboarding your, or you're, your sales process. And as soon as you said that you were in sales with the fortune 100, I'm like, all right, this makes sense. Cause it's so much more structured and, and layered and thought out than we expect. And I knew you have other gym experience, but for a relatively new gym, like, well, this came together pretty quickly. Um, with some of the things that you're teaching there being higher skill or a skill development continuum, boxing, kickboxing, things like that. Have you had any issue um, with initial sign up and then fall off with, you know, people not acquiring or feeling like they're coming along quickly enough on the skill side and in causing any sort of um, retention issues or activation issues, kind of false starts. Has that been something that you've had to deal with, with the type of training you do? Um, are you referring into the sense of like from the trainer's perspective or like a member's perspective? From a client, like let's say I, I come in off the street, I'm like, man, boxing, this this looks awesome. I want to do this. And then I get, you know, two weeks in and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm over my head. Teddy, I'm sorry, I'm out. Like, does that happen because of the the skill development continuum that clients have? Um, I I would say no. Um, usually because like, like I mentioned, we provide a lot of resources. Um, so our classes, um, you know, we host boxing skills and boxing fitness classes. So basically, you know, for example, we have somebody come and try a boxing fitness class and they go, Hey, the, this was too much for me. I'm so uncoordinated and lost in the sauce. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I don't think I can do this. You know, I would recommend, Hey, first slow it down. Let's uh, jump into a boxing skills class. This is more slowed down. It's more focused on form and technique. So you can actually spend the time to develop the things that you need in order to, you know, take off running in like a boxing fitness class and whatnot. Um, and in addition to that, you know, if, if you're one of those guys who um, you would work better one-on-one -on -one with somebody, we also offer a fitness assessment for our people. They can connect with the coach of their choice. That coach will kind of put them on the right track and start that relationship with them. And, 
usually, you know, we advocate that our trainers, um, you know, make it a point to reach out and connect with our members over the fitness assessments, because we understand that, you know, building that community and building those relationships is what's going to create the longevity from the, from these particular members. Now, um, you know, just a slight spinoff over that, um, what I would say is something that we have dealt with um, is somebody coming in, trying a class, say, I love it, I, I want to sign up, they sign up, and then just don't come back. And then it's like, we reach out, we reach out, we reach out, and sometimes, you know, we, we, we connect with them, and they're like, okay, I'm going to come back in, and other times we connect with them, and they're like, oh, man, I forgot I did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, but to be yeah. fair I, I i also noticed like this is a trend not not even just here but even when i was in washington um running the gym out there is is, is, not, is something uh, similar I, I i just feel like sometimes uh people get so excited and they jump into it when they're not entirely committed um but that, that's something weird that i found that i deal with more so than somebody feeling very lost in here and, and that being the reason they want to quit. Awesome. Awesome. So your awareness of that, I think is, um, is very strong. And I wish that we had time to, to go into it a little bit further on the podcast. Um, you know, definitely maybe, maybe a return visit or, or, or something here. I'm trying to wrap my head around it just by virtue of time. Um, but things that I will say, there are some strategies out there. There are things, um, there are things that we've seen in the industry that work that happen between when somebody signs up that first day and what type of outreach they get, what the systematic engagement and activation looks like. You're never going to cut that out hundred percent, but there are some ways to combat it. Um, if you're, if you're out there and in Jim Lord's land and you're listening to that, stay tuned for another episode because I think we could really dig into that. Um, I do something that I think we have another minute or two to talk about just um, on the topic of where actually it could, um, it could work in the favor of that, but also just general business practice. You have your boxing skills classes or your any technique skills classes. You have your personal training in this facility um, or maybe even in your, your previous incarnations there, have you ever experimented with, you know, somebody comes in off the street and offering them right from the get-go, like, hey, the way that we find people best have success is they do three or four PT sessions, and then they do a month of skills class, and then they hop into this, and, and that's an upfront package so that you get some upfront cash, because marketing cost money, cost time, cost employees, and people are a little more invested. So they, they have initial success and it does affect that initial sign up drop off. Right. So if I, if I come in and I give you a hundred bucks or 200 bucks, it's like one thing, but if I come in and give you a thousand bucks, I'm not going to forget I did it. So is that something you've experimented with or tried to implement at any point? Uh, yeah, I, I would say we have like a similar processes to that. So like, for example, when we uh, sign up a membership, um, towards the end of that membership, one of the one of the things that we tried to do is schedule the fitness assessment then and there. And mm -hmm. then definitely in that fitness assessment, we'll get them connected with the coach. The coach reaches out, tries to uh, maintain contact, and then connect with that particular client. 
on connecting with that client. The fitness assessment serves as like an opportunity to kind of talk and have that conversation, kind of figure out where that particular trainer can fit themselves um, to help uh, the client in question. And, or if, you know, they feel like they may need to recommend them to another trainer who would be better suited, that would, that would be another um, uh, helpful aspect of the fitness assessment. Um, but then at the end of that, that fitness assessment, we also offer a starter pack. So it's a starter pack of PT sessions where they're discounted PT sessions. Um, and then they, they will pick up a small, a small pack, something easy to commit to just to get started. So like three sessions. And then they'll schedule that time with their trainer and then move forward from there. Um, what I would say with that is um, in doing that, uh, more often than not, we get people to do a fitness assessment, but we still have, you know, those handful of guys who just absolutely cannot know what they're doing 24 hours from now and just have no semblance of time. And they're just absolutely busy. 24 hours a day is not enough, you know? Yeah. So I, I would say that's kind of what we do uh, that I would say is similar to what you described. Awesome, man. I love how many, how many systems, how many things you have in place. It, it all adds up to why, why it looks like you've really hit the ground running with this thing. So that is unfortunately about all the time that we have here today. Um, Teddy, it, it's been great having you. For people out there listening, check out apexboxingandfitness.com. Uh, Apex Boxing and Fitness, Nokomis, Florida. Teddy, it's it's been great having you on here today. I appreciate you. Thanks for for spending part of your day with us. Hey, likewise, man. Thank you for for sharing your insight. I took a lot away from this, and uh, look forward to maybe doing it again with you. And uh, definitely, we'll uh, keep an ear out to future podcasts you guys got going on. Hell yeah, man! Appreciate it. And to everyone out there listening. As always, we appreciate you. We wouldn't be here without you as an audience. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.